like that. You want to try everybody, that. Hello, everybody, and like welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I'm excited to be here today. I just got out of a, a nice little long conference with a lot of meetings that I'd really did not know anything about watch some awards shows. You know, it's been it's been a fun uh, fun past couple days. I'm glad to be out of it though. I'm still in my nice clothes or quote unquote nice clothes that I wear to these events. Like I got my jeans on. I've got my nice button. I well, it's got three buttons on it. And I have my my uh what do you call it? My flannel shirts on. Like I was looking nice. I was looking nice for this event. The past couple days we've been at the ICPA event, which is the Iowa Concrete Paving Association event, and it's been Oh, it's been, it's been insane. It's been absolutely insane. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's been fun. I'm just happy to be, uh, to be doing this right now. I'm very happy to be doing this right now. And with that being said, let's go over some of the housekeeping items before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is the Logan Blackman Show one Facebook and YouTube, search the Logan Blackman Show. Make sure to, to subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. And then, of course, you're listening right now. The only way you know what I'm saying right now is if you're listening to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts, make sure you subscribe or follow on both and leave a rating out of five stars and leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. Now, we've got some stuff to talk about today, as you do when you have a sports talk show. Now, the big story that has popped up out of the last couple days, or since yesterday, since yesterday, we have had t- retirement number two for the legendary Tom Brady. Now, Brady retired, of course, last year on the exact same date, February 1st of 2022. Tom Brady retired the first time. Gave the whole, like, big, long paragraph thing. This time, he just released a video. And I, like, the, I'm stuck in two minds here when I look at Tom Brady finally retiring from the NFL. And it's one of those things where he should have just retired last year. He should have retired last year. He was leading. He led the NFL in passing yards. He led the NFL in passing touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he led in attempts as well. It's like every single category he ranked top in. And then he came out on top in the NFL's top 100 players of 2022 last year. Or 2021-2022 season. So, like, if all the years you're going to retire, it'd be that one. But knowing Tom Brady, knowing the high, highly competitive player that he is, one of the most insane competitors throughout the history of sport, not just football, not just the NFL, but sport in general, one of the most hyper-competitive individuals of all time. And when you end a season like that, where you're tops in everything, you would go, well, we lost in the divisional round to the Rams last year, and now we're sitting here like, man, I'm coming off a very good year. I'm not as half bad as I thought I was. And then you come back this year, and it's just monotonous. It's just not good. It's very bad, actually. For the high standard that Tom Brady has had throughout his entire career, since he became the starter of the New England Patriots when they won the Super Bowl against the the St. Louis Rams, this past season was probably, we could chalk this up probably, as the worst one of his career. It's the first time in his entire career a team he has quarterbacked has lost eight games in a season. They went 9-8 and eight in a division that featured the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons. Two of those teams were one of the favorites early on in the season to be in the contender, one of the contenders for the number one overall pick in the draft. And the Saints were quarterbacked by Jameis Winston and, and uh, Andy Dalton. This was not a thing that was like, oh, the Bucs are going to struggle in this season. They're going to struggle. Brady's going to regress like freaking crazy. He's actually going to play like a 45-year-old quarterback. That was not really a mindset everybody had going into the season. 
You didn't expect him to put forth the same numbers that he did last year, but you didn't think that he'd go down like this. Like that Cowboys game, that game in the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys where the Cowboys just came out and routed the Patriots the first time Brady ever lost to the Dallas Cowboys in his entire career. I think he was 7-0 prior to that. To go out like that, that, that game was like, oh my God, Tom Brady is human. Tom Brady is not, he's done. It is the worst game I've ever seen Tom Brady play. And I've seen Tom Brady a lot throughout his entire career. I had the great privilege to watch him twice a year guaranteed against my team. So, like, I've seen him a lot, and that is by far the worst game I had seen Tom Brady play in a very, at least I'll say, a very, 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 very long time. Like, nothing worked. The play calling was really bad, which is why Byron Leftwich ended up getting fired, and in hindsight, you should probably should have gone and accepted the Jacksonville Jaguars job. But, man, they were just so bad. So monotonous. For, and I'm saying bad when we're talking about, like, the standard Tom Brady has set throughout his entire career. This isn't, like, bad for, like, most teams out there. Like, nine wins for Tom Brady is bad. I don't care what other stipulations you put on Tom Brady or on the teams that he's on. That's bad. That's really bad. And how this offense ran this year, it was just bad. The O-line did not play its best as it usually does. Ryan Jensen was out for most of the season. He came back in the playoffs, I think. What did he tear? He tore something early on in the season or just before the season started and he came back for the playoff game against the Cowboys. But no running game. Tight ends were relatively useless all year. Uh, Mike Evans had a few drops here and there. Remember the one I think it was against the Panthers where he dropped one and he was going to walk right into the end zone? Like they brought back out, tried to bring back everybody they could and it just didn't, it didn't end up working. Bruce Arians retired. Todd Bowles comes in as the head coach. Who, Todd Bowles, I'll say this, is a very, very good coordinator. He's a very good coordinator. I just don't think he's a head coach. He's on the, like, Norv Turner-esque range right now, where Norv Turner, in his day, was one of the best, if not the best, offensive coordinator in the NFL. He just couldn't hack it as a head coach. He was the head coach of the Washington, then Redskins, when they drafted Heath Schuler. When he came from Dallas, he went to Washington, and then he was the coach of the San Diego Chargers and completely changed the offensive style that they had when they went 14-2 the season prior when LT won the MVP, had thirty a record NFL an NFL record 31 touchdowns, and then switched the point of the offense from LaDainian Tomlinson to Phillip Rivers. In hindsight, probably should not have done that. Phillip Rivers is an awesome quarterback, one of my favorites that I've, I've ever watched, but man, LaDainian, you got to keep that with LaDainian Tomlinson. The offense has to run through LaDainian Tomlinson, but Norv Turner believed... The offense runs to their quarterback. So he went with the Phillip Rivers route. Todd Bowles might be on that exact same boat. Now there's other cir- circumstances that were coming into play this year. We'll see how the Buccaneers handle this offseason because they've got a lot of corners that are going to be hitting for agent. They don't have a quarterback. Now I would love to see them give a chance to t- Kyle Trask, who was their second-round pick the season prior, that I really liked at Florida. But from what the looks of it is, it doesn't really seem like they're going to be giving Kyle Trask the opportunity to win this job. From what it sounds like, I could be completely wrong about that, or at least what people in the media are, are telling us, I guess, about the whole Kyle Trask situation. It's like, oh, who are they going to bring in Derek Carr, Garoppolo, Rodgers, whoever, to take the starting job in Tampa, and Kyle Trask isn't going to have that opportunity. Like, Kyle Trask has been the third-string quarterback for the Bucks the past two years, with Blaine Gabbert serving as the backup. So he hasn't really been given an opportunity to even go like, hey, I can kind of play. You've seen him only in the preseason. That's limited reps there as well. So you look at this, the, the quarterback landscape, I guess you could say, of the NFC South that are currently under contract for each team. 
The Atlanta Falcons is Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, which I highly doubt Mariota will be there next year because he quit on the team this year. The Bucks is Kyle Trask. Panthers is Matt Corral and Jacob Eason. And then the Saints is Jameis Winston and Jake Luton. Like, this is not a division where everybody's going to be clamoring to get to these spots. But if you're a quarterback looking at like a potential free agent quarterback or something like that, the Bucks is not a terrible option because you're going up against a lot of bad teams in this division. Like, the Panthers are going to be drafting a quarterback this year. We know that. As much as I liked Matt Corral coming out of Ole Miss, they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to draft a quarterback. David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, who I believe is the richest owner in the NFL. I could be completely wrong about that, but I believe I saw something a few years ago about him being the richest owner in the NFL. That could have been just at the time. I don't know if it's still true. The amount of quarterbacks they have brought through Carolina, I think he's ready to just nail down one guy. And who knows? Maybe Matt Corral is that one guy, but I just highly doubt it. Apparently, according to reports, C.J. Stroud is the, quote, apple of the Panthers' eye this offseason. So we'll see if C.J. Stroud ends up being a Carolina Panther this offseason. But, yeah, I, I don't think Matt Corral will be the guy this year. I don't. I, it definitely won't be Jacob Eason. I refuse to believe Jacob Eason is going to be the starter next year. But Matt Corral could get some decent playing time and earn a contract or earn a uh, a trade to another organization to try and win his starting job there. But the Panthers currently pick ninth. They're probably going to trade up to at least five to try and draft one of these quarterbacks. Number three overall pick to Arizona is also a viable option there for a trade. So we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers this offseason, but the main focus in this division will be what the Tampa Bay Bucks do. Because from what I've gathered throughout this entire offseason, it didn't seem like Tom Brady was going back to Tampa anyways. Like we said, we, we thought he was going to Vegas. We thought he was going to go back to play with Josh McDaniels, have him go with Devontae Adams, see how his final year in the NFL. It was like, hell, you end, your marriage essentially ended because you went back to the NFL. So why would you end it after the marriage is now over? Now you've got, it's one of those situations where I was like sitting there like, you made your bed, now you got to lay in it type deal. Like you got you to gotta keep playing. Like was the marriage that shallow to where it was like, oh, now it's over and now I'm just done. Now I'm done. You could have retired last offseason, been perfectly fine, probably still married at this point. Who knows? We're playing hypotheticals here. We don't know if the marriage was still insanely strong at that point or if there were shackles breaking on it before he even said he was coming back to the NFL who the hell knows I'm not I'm not related to Brady I'm not been around Brady I don't know anything about the whole Tom Brady Giselle bunch in situation in regards to their family life but it did seem like Vegas was going to be a viable option and then once Brock Purdy got announced that he tore his UCL and then they further announced that he's going to need Tommy John surgery which is not a surprise to anybody whoever said that he's going to have a three-month window to come back and play in six months is not that's not feasible that's not feasible it'd be nice if it were feasible but it, it's just not it's just not so then then San Francisco opened up because obviously Trey Lance again snapped his ankle in two places against the Seahawks this past season so we don't know what his timetable really is but it's going to be a lot shorter of a timetable than Brock Purdy's is because Purdy's injury happened so much later in the season than Trey Lance Trey Lance's injury happened week two so I'm not saying Trey Lance will be ready to go week one, but I think there's a very high possibility that he could be. But if Brady was bad, Brady came in, then it'd be one of those situations to where you could have Lance completely rest up for next season, and then you have the quarterback battle between Lance and Purdy. Because Purdy's not competing for a starting job next year. That's just not, again, it's just not feasible at this point. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Again, I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't be sitting here and saying, like, this is what's going to happen, or this is the situation, what's going on with Brock Purdy and his UCL injury. But from what I've gathered from watching baseball in my life, this is not an injury that's just like, oh, we're surgery, oh, he's back. That's just not how it works. Now, Purdy's young, 
and it's a freak injury, so I wouldn't bet it on it happening ever again. If it does, it's very unlikely that it happens. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the 49ers do this offseason because that was going to be the number one option for Tom Brady, it felt like, once Brock Purdy got hurt. But then you listen to what uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said this past the other day, talking about the quarterback situation in San Francisco, about what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. And they were like what we've been saying. Like, Brock Purdy played well enough to where he's they, they he is now, what do you want to call it? He has allowed the Niners to avoid bringing someone else in this offseason. He played well enough to where there's going to be a conversation between him and Lance. He's gonna, he played well enough. And according to some reports out there, it was his job. And it's hard not to say why it's not his job. I mean, they got all the way to the NFC Championship game. And he played well throughout that time. I'm not saying he was lights out or anything, but he played well. He played well. He got the ball to the playmakers, which is one of the number one jobs of a quarterback and is a really important job in offense run by Kyle Shanahan and just a Shanahan offense in general. All he needs his quarterbacks not to do or needs his quarterbacks to do is not turn the ball over, not try to be a superhero, not try to be this or that. And what John Lynch was thinking about with Lance was that you could elevate your offense because you see what he can do, what he looks like physically, and then what he can do with the ball in his hands, whether that's running or passing. There's just a really raw situation there. And we said this before the draft, that he has the highest ceiling in the draft, but he also has the lowest floor in the draft. This is a similar situation to what we have with Anthony Richardson in this year's draft. He might not have the highest ceiling, but you look at the athletic tools he's got there, and you can kind of make an argument that, yeah, he could have the highest ceiling out of all of them, but he definitely has the lowest floor out, out of the, low, the lowest floor out of the top four quarterbacks in this year's draft class. So the situation with Purdy, that's going to be somewhere we're going to have to monitor throughout the course of the season because if he can't get back in this reported timetable that Shanahan believes is going to happen, he said like a three-month recovery and then six months he's thrown again, That again, I don't think that's feasible. I'm not a doctor, but I, that doesn't seem feasible to me at all. And they sound like they don't want to bring anybody else in, but I bet if they're, if they're, uh, if, if they're pushed enough, they're going to have to bring somebody in. And then they were asked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, David Lombardi said uh, on Twitter, is there a scenario where Jimmy Gar- where the 49ers see Jimmy Garoppolo returning in 2023? Shanahan said, no, I don't see any, any scenario in that. Which is fair. They restructured his contract so he could get out this offseason. That hasn't been news. The only reason they couldn't they, <laughs> they didn't leave this offseason is because no one wanted to trade for him. They couldn't get out of the contract. No one wanted the contract, plus his trade value was so weird. Like, sure, he's been to a Super Bowl. Sure, he's gone to an NFC Championship game, or a couple NFC Championship games, because you have to do that to go to a Super Bowl. He's just not an amazing quarterback. He's just an all-right quarterback. So what the 49ers were asking for was asinine. It's like, what the hell do you think this is? Like, you got a trade and a half when you got him from New England a few years ago. That's not the same. That value does not carry over to now. That was like, what, five years ago? That value is not staying the same here. No one cares about Jimmy Garoppolo like that anymore. Like, he's just a fine quarterback. He'll be a good free agent signing somewhere. Like the most logical place for him right now would be Vegas. Again, with the Josh McDaniels connection. I know that's a lazy connection, but that's like the most obvious one. I've said this entire season that he's going to go to the Jets. Because again, I feel like that's a very plausible option for him. But then you got the whole links with Aaron Rodgers. Joe Douglas keeps coming out every other day saying something about how they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. And he's not being like beating around a bush or anything. He's basically saying it. And he wants them to be like, oh, they're at least trying. So then when they ultimately don't get Aaron Rodgers, then it's like, oh, well, they tried. 
They were very open about trying. So you could look at that in multiple ways where you go like, oh, they're trying, or they're not trying, they're saying they are, so then when it doesn't work and they get Garoppolo instead, then it's all this whole other situation. So, like, I don't know. It feels like Garoppolo or Rodgers will be playing in New Jersey or in Vegas this next season. I don't know which one will go where, but it seems like at this point in time I would be willing to bet that Garoppolo goes to Vegas and Rodgers goes to New Jersey at this point. At this point. But Devontae Adams did tweet out today. Someone said, uh, where's Rodgers going to be playing next year? What what streets he going to be living on next year? And Devontae says mine, said mine or something like that, or next to mine or something. So, I mean, I don't think the Raiders would be too opposed to having the, re- the reunion between Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, it was a magical bromance in Green Bay for however many years. And it, it, Devontae's still at the top of his game. But the problem is, again, we keep, I keep bringing this up because it's a thing that's going to be have to talk going to have to be talked about a lot this offseason is what the hell is Rodgers trade value? What the hell is his trade value? You're trading for a 38-year-old quarterback coming off the worst year of his career. So it's not like a Tom Brady situation who's yes, also was not coming off the greatest year of his career, but you didn't need to trade for him. You didn't need to trade for Tom Brady. Oh, I say I said 38. Rodgers 39. Rogers 39, I just Googled this right now, and he'll be 38 or 40 years old like midway through next season. Or like, I don't know, three-fourths of the way through next season or something like that. So again, it just makes it very difficult to what you're willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers. Because it is peak, yeah, you would expect every single trade offer underneath the freaking sun to happen. Like, Rodgers has not thrown for over 10 interceptions since 2010, and he threw 12 this season, which is the second most of his career. The most he had in his career was 13 in his first season as the Packers starter. Threw 26 touchdowns, which is the lowest since 2019. Like, Rodgers did not have a great year this year. By any stretch, for Rodgers, for Aaron Bleep and Rodgers, he did not have a good year. But the thing is, that name carries a lot of weight. The name Aaron Rodgers is a name everybody knows. This guy's won four MVPs just a year ago. He won his second MVP in consecutive years. So maybe teams are looking at it hoping that, oh, Aaron Rodgers has had a blip this year. He just had a blip. He had all these rookie receivers around him, and he didn't really work out. But then the the national, the national like the thing you could say after that was like, well, Mahomes didn't have any receivers this year really either. Like, you compare what the Packers and what the Chiefs had this year in regards to weapons. Yes, the Chiefs traded for Kadarius Toney. But, like, Juju and Alan Lazard are not too different. I know I understand Juju Smith-Suster had a very good year one year. But once Antonio Brown left, he's kind of just been a normal receiver. Obviously, you took Marquez Valdez-Scantling from Rodgers. But, like, Sky Moore was there as well, who has had a really up-and-down rookie season. So I don't know. I, I understand he has Travis Kelsey. That's really big there. But Patrick Mahomes doesn't have an Aaron Jones or an A.J. Dillon. Isaiah Pacheco could very much become one of those guys. Because I think Isaiah Pacheco is a very, very good running back, a very talented running back. But, yeah, it's it's a weird, weird, weird situation for Aaron Rodgers and what the value is for him. Because you know a team like the Jets or like the Raiders will be willing to give up a boatload of picks. Or not a boatload of picks, but give up more value than what is probably should be required at this point for Aaron Rodgers. Because a lot of people are talking about, and we'll talk about the Jets first, because this is gonna, they're the one that are linked heavily to it. Because the Raiders have the seventh pick in the draft. I don't think that's going, They you cannot trade the seventh overall pick for a 39-year-old quarterback. I don't care who it is, that's not happening. But the Jets at 13, because there's a huge difference 
I know it's only a few numbers off, but there is a huge difference from a top 10 pick to a top 15 pick. The money involved in that and the weight behind that pick is completely different. Like, it is insane. Like, the difference between the number one and three pick is ridiculous. And then they were talking about the seven to 13. So we're going to have that discussion too. So the Packers are going to want to try and have two first-round draft picks. That's going to be the ultimate goal, is have two first-round draft picks. Because they're, quote-unquote, in a rebuilding stage. Or do the Raiders trade Derek Carr? Because Derek Carr is technically still on the team. They haven't released him. And he was saying the other day that the optics of getting traded versus released are, it looks better to get traded or something like that. So maybe they want to trade for Derek Carr. But I've already said I think Derek Carr goes to Washington. That's been my prediction over the past however many weeks now, since he got benched, essentially, was going to Washington. But Tampa Bay could be a realistic option there as well. Tampa Bay could be a really, 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 really realistic option. The thing was, I was trying to say realistically the entire time. I wasn't trying to go really, 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 really. I was trying to say realistically. I couldn't get it out for whatever reason, but it's going to be fun. But that Brady domino falling over makes everything else seem kind of easy the rest of the way this offseason in regards to where quarterbacks are going because that was going to be one of the big talking points is Tom Brady. Where's Tom Brady going? The thing you're going to get him on a short-term contract, short contract, he's got a free agent, like all these different things were going to happen. It was like, okay, Brady's the easiest one to sign out of everybody out there. You know his value. He's 45 years old. You don't have to trade for him. Like, that was going to be the first person who you would think signed this offseason was Tom Brady. Again, probably to Vegas or San Francisco, given what the, the situation was surrounding the, the situation around the his career, I guess. But ESPN, they tweeted out a thing, to, uh, not tweeted, they posted a thing, and I just saw this as I was recording, or started recording this. It got posted at 5.30 this morning by Bill Barnwell. Ranking the 13 QB needy teams most attractive for Rodgers and Carr. So, no surprise at the top one, San Francisco, obviously. They just went to the NFC Championship game. You have Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be there next year. Purdy has a torn UCL and Trey Lance is coming off a broken ankle. So, there's a lot of things that could go on with that situation. There's a lot of people that believe strike while the iron's hot type deal, where the, the 49ers should move for somebody while they have a team that can compete with the upper echelon of the NFL. And you look at the grand scheme of the NFC, the Eagles look really good. And the thing with the Eagles that I find really interesting is that they did not have a hard schedule. The thing is, though, and we talked about this through the midway point of the season when they were undefeated before they lost to Washington, they were blowing out teams. This wasn't like they were having an easy schedule and just skating by and barely beating these bad teams. No, 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 no. They were blowing out teams. Like, people talk about this is the easiest Super Bowl run in NFL history. Yeah, they beat them 69-14 to 14 combined score. So it's not like they're barely beating these bad teams. No, they were absolutely obliterating teams. But you look at the rest of the NFC, who else is really going to be competing? No one from the NFC South is going to be competing. You would expect the Giants to get somewhat better next year. They're going to get more weapons around Daniel Jones if they do, in fact, bring him back. Even that's what it looks like right now. We'll see what happens with Barkley there. You look at the NFC North, the Packers aren't going to be as good. Are the Vikings going to be as good? I mean, their defense can't be much worse than what it was last year. You would expect the Lions to be a little bit better. You expect the Bears to be a little bit better because they got a crap ton of cap space. they got like $30 million more than the next closest team in the cap this season with the number one overall pick. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Then you look at the NFC West. Cardinals, we don't know what their head coach situation is going to be because Sean Payton's going to Denver. D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston. Jeff Saturday, the number one coach on the, on the market this offseason, is going to Indianapolis, somehow kept that job. The Rams don't know what they're going to do. And the Seahawks, will they be better? I mean, they had a really good draft this past year. You look at all the players they drafted this year and how many key contributors they had this year. 
Like, they drafted really well. Really well. Like, you look at Charles Cross. You look at Abraham Lucas. You draft two tackles that are both starters their rookie season. You get Tarek Woolen in, like, the fourth round, which was a steal and a half when it happened, and it looks even more like a steal now. And we didn't even bring up, like, Kenneth Walker, getting him in there, too. It's so, like, they drafted extremely. And the Geno's played extremely well this year, set the franchise record for passing yards in the season, which no one expected at the start of the season. But the 49ers... Really going into next season, we'll see who they bring in as a DC. Because again, obviously, D'Amico Ryan's is leaving for Houston, which was expected. They're probably looking like or feeling like they're the best team in the NFC. They're looking like they're the best team in the NFC. At least that's what they're going to feel like. Because obviously, the Eagles are going to have something to say about that. And there's going to be teams that are improved, but no one in the NFC South is really going to be challenging anybody really. So there's going to be people that are like go out for Rodgers, go out for Carr, go out for keep Garoppolo, go out for who X, Y, and Z, go for Lamar Jackson. I don't know. Like try to get somebody to make sure you stay at the top before your window closes shut or slams shut in some teams' cases. And some people want to believe in Lance. I'm one that thinks they should at least try out Trey Lance again. You traded up a lot to get Trey Lance. Traded a lot to get Trey Lance. And it's funny, like looking at the 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 Saint uh, the Broncos getting Sean Payton who are the pick, and their their first-round pick now belongs to the Saints. So that pick, the Saints got it from the Broncos, who got it from the Dolphins, who got that pick from the Niners in the Trey Lance trade. So the Broncos got Sean Payton thanks to the 49ers, essentially, which is a really weird way to look at it, but that's essentially what happened with that whole situation. There are four teams involved with that one pick. San Fran traded up with Miami. Miami traded Bradley Chubb, <laughs> or traded for Bradley Chubb, gave the Broncos their first-round pick this year after their other one got taken away. And then now the Saints have it because the Broncos trade for Sean Payton. And it's really funny how the NFL works out in some ways like that, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think Trey Lance should I, – I like Trey Lance a lot. You've listened to the show enough. I like Trey Lance. I like his potential. I like his potential. We haven't seen anything from him in the NFL so far. We've seen him in four games. One of them was in a monsoon. The other one he snapped his ankle. Like You're judging him off two games in his rookie season when he wasn't supposed to play his rookie year, really. And going into this season, you can see the potential there. Like, you have to be ignorant to go, like, there's no potential with Trey Lance going in there. But, like, the th- he's younger than Brock Purdy. He's bigger than Brock Purdy. He's stronger than Brock Purdy. He's got a bigger arm. He's faster. Like, all the measurables are pointing towards Trey Lance. But that doesn't always mean that he's going to be the better quarterback for the Niners and, Sh- and Kyle Shanahan. Like, there's no reason, if you look back, go back to another Shanahan team in Washington, all measurables point to RG3 starting for the Washington, then Redskins. Kirk Cousins does not have any measurables that are better than RG3. RG3 was bigger. RG3 was faster. RG3 had a stronger arm. But RG3 got hurt. And RG3 lost his job. Because Shanahan does not need a quarterback like RG3 or Trey Lance to have this offense work. And that's why Kirk Cousins came in and won the job. That's what Brock Purdy is doing right now. So if Trey Lance can't stay healthy, Kyle Shanahan will no issue keeping Brock Purdy at the helm of that offense. But if Lance balls out like I think he can, so again, his ceiling is super high, but his floor is super low. I think he can ball out in this offense. We'll have to wait and see, though. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think they go out and trade for anybody or sign anybody just now that Tom Brady's done. I think it's funny. We talked about that on Wednesday about Brady going to San Francisco, and then now he retires the next day. The day I post the show, I wake up, and then now there's Brady retiring. Great. Now that whole segment's pretty much a wash. And did I title it anything like that? Did I title the show, like, Brady goes to San Fran or something like that? Or San Francisco? What did I call it? 
Oh, just 49 quarterback coaches. Okay. I was worried that I was going to – I said something along the, line, along the lines of, oh, Brady goes to San Fran or Rodgers goes to San Fran. I don't know. But number two they have on here is Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Defense stinks, but you got Devonta Adams and Josh Jacobs. We'll see if they re-sign Josh Jacobs, I guess. Their talks in trading uh, Hunter Renfro this offseason, so that would be a giant loss. So the, the O-line and the defense are big negatives going to the Raiders. And you can even argue the coaching staff. You can even make an argument about the coaching staff. Josh McDaniels is a great A dickhead. I think everybody understands that at this point. I think anybody that's watched the NFL for more than two years knows that Josh McDaniels is a dickhead. You don't even need to watch his time in Denver. You can see him on the sidelines in New England, and then you look at his time in Denver, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's a dickhead. But you got Devontae Adams. And if they keep Renfro and Waller and manage to keep hold of Josh Jacobs and retool the O-line, then, yeah, Vegas is a very very nice option there. Very nice option. So, like, this is why Jimmy Garoppolo would be nice there because Jimmy Garoppolo is from the system. He's run Josh McDaniel systems before. I don't think people think about that enough about coaches wanting quarterbacks that are familiar with their systems. That is very key into success of these teams. Like, McDaniels was a part of the team that drafted Tebow. That was never going to work in that system. But Shanahan, like we said before, is a grade-A dickhead. That is smarter than everybody, according to Josh McDaniels. And the Raiders are part of are a team and an organization that likes to outsmart everybody. Or try to think they can outsmart everybody, but usually don't. I almost knocked over my water. Remember when I knocked over my alcoholic beverage last time? Yeah, I almost did that with my water. That would, that one was going on my computer, not my lap. So that would have been a lot worse. So yeah, like that's where Anthony Richardson comes into play there. But I like the option. The Raiders are a very nice option there for a lot of people out there. Uh, the Falcons at three, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that one at all. I think it could be fun. It could be fun, but your O-line sinks. Your defense is consistently near the bottom of the NFL, if not the bottom of the NFL, basically basement dwellers of the NFL in regards to total defense and passing defense, namely getting after the passer. Now, you've got some nice young receivers. You've got, like, Drake London. You've got – we're going to count him as a receiver, is Kyle Pitts. But that's – like, you got some decent running backs. Like, I like Tyler Allgaier. I like him. But I don't know if I'd put him at number three. I really don't know if I'd put him at number three. But I would, like, Arthur Smith will want a mobile quarterback. So this would have to be like a Lamar Jackson type situation. You can't, I don't think a statue will work down here. I don't think that's how, I don't think it will work. Like, they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson last offseason. You can move a lot more than Matt Ryan would. I don't think a quarterback like Carr or a a 39-year-old Rodgers, Rodgers in his prime would be able to work this. But I think like a Lamar or this is where an Anthony Richardson would come in. One of the young quarterbacks in this year's draft class, like a Hendon Hooker maybe in the second round, would be an option for the Falcons there. Number three, number four, the Seahawks. I mean, they're just going to bring back Geno. I don't really know if that's an option. Uh, number five is the Bucks. I don't know why. I don't know if that's number five. I don't know if that's number five. Like the roster is getting older. The coaching staff is kind of weird again because Todd Bowles kind of feels like the North Turner type situation here. And you don't have an office coordinator. The O-line's getting older. Receivers, you got good receivers. The run game will need some work, definitely. I mean, I like Rashad White. I like Rashad White coming out of the draft last year. I like him now. I've never been a fan of Leonard Fournette. You can listen to past shows. I've never been a fan of him, even when the playoff Lenny became a thing. Was not a fan of him. I guess the Bucks would be a fine option. I guess they could work out there. Number six, the Saints. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The Saints are a very weird team. They're they got talent. They've got talent, but they got Dennis Allen as a head coach, which is always a very interesting option here. But you got a first round draft pick to kind of retool the roster. Their cap is very odd. You got Chris Olave. 
You got Alvin Kamara. You play indoors. You play in a warm division. So when even in one of those teams that you play in the division is a dome team as well. So you've got options there. Number seven is the Jets. I'd put them up higher, honestly. I like the Jets. Like their defense is really good. You've got Garrett Wilson. You got Corey Davis out wide. CJ Ozama, Tyler Conklin at tight end are very solid options. Brees Hall be coming back healthy. A run game is very important to a quarterback's success because it allows the defense to take they play up a little more, so it opens up more holes in the pass game. You can open up the play action a lot by having a solid running game, which is one of my biggest gripes with the Buffalo Bills offense, but that's a story that we've talked about enough on the show in the past. And then you look at the problems, I guess you could say, on the offensive line. I don't think their O-line is horrific. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great, but it's not terrible. It's not horrific. It's not like, I don't know, who's off the line is like the worst in the NFL or one of the worst in the NFL. Huh. Who is B? I mean, the Colts this year <laughs> were really bad. Were really bad off the line, which is very weird for them. But yeah, that, then you got the old, the offensive coordinator just fired Lafleur this offseason. You brought in Nathaniel Hackett. This is another plea for Rodgers. The Broncos tried it last year. Now it's the Jets' turn to try it. The only reason Hackett's getting a job right now, because, again, watch this dude in Buffalo. (laughs) It's like Greg Roman all over again. But, yeah, this will be a thing where – and they they list one other thing here, which I think is kind of interesting. Commitment to current starter. I understand their commitment to that. You have to be committed to that as a GM because, again, quarterbacks and GMs and head coaches that are drafted – head coaches and GM that draft a quarterback – you're linked forever. Rightly or wrongly, you're linked forever. So you're going to bring in an older guy. This is why Rodgers works out in this situation. So we'll see if that happens. But I like a lot of the things the Jets do. I just don't want them to get Lamar. Number eight, the Giants, they have no receivers. They have no receivers. Like Isaiah Hodgins went off this year. And Isaiah Hodgins is fine. But we are we like we know the Bills and their inability to play young players. So it makes sense that Isaiah Hodgins is actually pretty good. And Daniel Jones... We'll see if they re-sign him again, but their O-line's not the greatest. Their O-line improved with the addition of Evan Neal. They got two very solid tackles there, and Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas. Defense, they'll be fine. Brian Dable being in there is really good. So, yeah, I, I like the Giants. I like the Giants. They're at number eight. Number nine is Washington. Ah, I, I don't want I would never want to play for Washington. They're one of the teams I would happily never play for. Like, their coaching staff is very interesting. It's an old and aging coaching staff, one of the oldest in the NFL. Is Ron Rivera the oldest coach in the NFL? Pete Carroll might be. It's either Pete Carroll or Ron Rivera. I don't remember which one. But you've got decent weapons. Like, Jahan Dotson's out there, rookie wide receiver from Penn State. Got him in the first round this year. Antonio Gibson at running back. Brian Robinson played really well in this year. you got J.D. McKissick, who refused to play for the Bills this year and went back to Washington. Solid defense if they can stay healthy. Chase Young, if he can stay healthy, you got him. But that ownership with Daniel Snyder, it's a major tutty, the fullback, or the fullback, the the hog mascot. I don't know. Washington's just a very strange team. They're a very strange team. Uh, Number 10, the Panthers. I don't really think I'm going to list anything with three of these last four teams. Like the Colts, Texans, the Panthers, they're going to draft a quarterback, so I don't really think that's a thing. The Titans are number 11. I don't like the Titans at all as a team, and what their current situation is. Derrick Henry is very, very good. We know this. But that's about all I got. They are so boring to watch. I hate watching the Tennessee Titans. I absolutely hate it. 
Their old line's not very good. One would imagine Taylor Lewan gets released this offseason. I just watched an interview he did a couple weeks ago where he talked about that he's probably going to get released. He's on his 10th year. He's probably going to have to, he's probably going to release, get released. But I'm just not a fan of this team. They have no they have no wide receivers. Traylon Burks could develop into something. I like Traylon Burks. I liked him coming out of Arkansas. He's a do-everything type player. Watch his game against Alabama last year and know exactly what I'm talking about. But he battled some injuries. He battled some injuries. So we'll see if he's able to stay healthy. They have Robert Woods. I don't know if he's coming back next year. The offense is just so monotonous. That's the best. They probably, out of ranking all the NFL, out of all the offenses in the NFL, they're so monotonous. Like, the Broncos are so monotonous, but there's at least some potential there. There is no potential with this Titans offense. Like, the Broncos have Russell Wilson. I know he had a terrible year last year, but you have Javante Williams coming off an ACL injury. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick will be coming back from injury. Like, you've got pieces there to where you can see, like, oh, they could be good. They could be good. They brought in Sean Payton. We'll see what their OC looks like, and they could actually be a good team. I don't know what to say about the Titans in regards to their offense. Like, there's no, like, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. That's their entire offense. That, that's about it. And I'm sorry if I'm being mean, but I just, I don't like the team anyways. I, I think Vrabel's a fine coach. I don't like Vrabel. But, yeah, I just don't like the team. I just don't care for him. But that's your, that's ESPN's top 13 Quarterback destinations, I saw something earlier today as well that the Patriots are going to try their hardest to have Brady sign as a Patriot or end his career on the Patriots. So we'll see if that means a one-day contract or if he's going to play another year. We're going to have a Brett Favre, minus the, you know, money laundering and the stealing from charities thing. But the the constant, constant, I'm retiring, I'm not retiring, I'm, con- I'm retiring, I'm not retiring. Now, Brady's not dragged, he hasn't dragged it out. Brady retired out of freaking nowhere last year. Like, no one saw that one. Rod, Brett Favre retired, like, four times without actually retiring and then finally retired because the Packers were like, okay, Packers were like, yeah, we're going with Rodgers now. They had three straight years of a Aaron Rodgers goes into the game and they have Brett Favre come off to the standing ovation. They did that, like, three years in a row. You can go watch Brett Favre's football life for that. Like, they did it three years. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, that Brett Favre thing was freaking ridiculous. At least Brady didn't do that, but I'm just ready for Brady to be done. Now, it's sad because this guy caused a lot of pain in my life, but this is a ending of my childhood, essentially. I've seen all these tweets, I'm sure you have as well, where it's like Brady, Roethlisberger, Rivers, the Mannings, Drew Brees, all retired. Rodgers will be retired here soon. So it's like all the childhoods are ending. <laughs> they're, all, they're all slowly dwindling in the past, and it's sad. But like, it's the greatest quarterback of all time. I understand that. I'm not going to sit around here and diminish Tom Brady or try to disrespect Tom Brady in any way, though he hurt my feelings a lot. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no real debate about that. And Nick Wright, I was actually surprised about this. Nick Wright posted a top 21 quarterbacks in NFL history, and I actually didn't hate it. I didn't hate it whatsoever. Like, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm ready to be absolutely pissed off. Like, I'm just ready to be, what the hell am I looking at? That was exactly what I was looking for. And you know what? You know what? It actually wasn't bad. Like, he in his top five, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to find it on Twitter, but... Oh, here it is. I, I can't... I don't want it muted. Or I want it muted. So, his top five... Okay, there we go. I gotta zoom this out. So, his top five read Brady, Manny, Montana, Elway, and Mahomes. And you know what? I don't hate it. I don't hate it whatsoever. That's one of the situations, though, again, where we talked about it on Wednesday, where I said... 
Patrick Mahomes is the greatest Chiefs quarterback of all time. He's not the greatest quarterback to play for the Chiefs. I'm glad that Montana's still up there. I have Montana at two. Montana will always be number two for me until something crazy happens. Like, I was talking to Jared and Andrew, like, a few months ago, and Andrew asked if anybody could pass Brady, and I said Mahomes can. It'll take time, but Mahomes definitely can. And I think putting him in top five, I actually don't despise that. I actually don't. He has Marino at number six. I think that's fair. Then Rodgers at seven, Staubach eight, Favre nine, and Young, Steve Young ten. And I'm happy he has Steve Young ten, because as I've said on the show, I think Steve Young's one of the more underappreciated legends in NFL history. And then Johnny Unitas, Otto Graham, Sammy Baugh, Roger, or Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Drew Brees, Kurt Warner, Troy Aikman, Ben Roethlisberger, Jim Kelly, Warren Moon. I love where he put Troy Aikman to. Like, Josh Allen, this season, passed Troy Aikman for total touchdowns. Like, Josh Allen has been in the league since 2018. And he passed Troy Aikman for total touchdowns, like, weeks, I think the last week of the regular season against the Patriots. But I love that he has Troy Aikman solo. I would put Kelly above A. I think Kelly is better than Troy Aikman. I think Kelly's better than Troy Aikman. I'm glad he has Kurt Warner above Troy Aikman. I think that's awesome. But I, and I love that he had Otto Graham on there, like United, Sammy Paul, Bart Starr. Like you have to have those guys on there. Those are staples. But I, I've actually, I really like the top 10. I think that top 10's good. I would like to see Otto Graham in a top 10. Because I think Otto Graham is a top 10. But oh, I thought he has uh, Johnny Nice's picture on here. I thought it was a Chargers jersey. I thought he was in a Chargers Sammy Johnny Nice played for the Chargers for one year. That would be another situation where, like, Phillip Rivers is the greatest quarterback in Chargers history, but he's not the greatest quarterback to play for the Chargers. That's Johnny Unitas. That's one of those situations. But I thought that's what he had. I was like, man, he really put Unitas in a Chargers jersey? But, yeah, my top – I actually don't despise Mahomes being top five. I actually don't. Like, Brady, Montana, Manning, Elway. I've I've said for years that's a top four. That's never, That top four has not changed in a while. Marino's been number five usually. But then I'll rotate in, like, Unitas or Graham or someone like that. But Mahomes, I don't know, man. Five straight AFC Championship games. Granted, he's only won one Super Bowl. We'll see if he does. If he wins number two this year, if he wins number two, are we talking about him moving up to number four? If he wins a second Super Bowl, and since coming becoming a starter in 2018, Elway didn't win to his first Super Bowl until he was in his late 30s. Lost, I think, three Super Bowls in the 80s. I think he lost three. I could be wrong. I think it's three. He lost to the Niners. He lost to the Giants. And he lost to... Who was the other one? He definitely... I think... Hold on. I'm pretty confident he lost three. Now I gotta look this up because now it's bothering me. John Elway. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Playoffs. I gotta look at his playoff numbers. Because the three... Yeah, okay. So he lost three... He lost... To the Giants in one. Then he, oh the Redskins, I forgot about that one. That was the Doug. That was the Doug Williams Super Bowl, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Now we got two black quarterbacks in the NFL for the first time in NFL history. Timmy Smith, I know a lot of people out there heard of Timmy Smith, so this one's interesting. Timmy Smith was the running back for Washington at that Super Bowl. Timmy Smith <laughs> was not told he was starting until the day of, like, right before the game. They did not tell Timmy Smith he was starting the Super Bowl because, according to Doug Williams, they said, and Doug Williams and uh, Joe Gibbs, they didn't want to add any pressure to him because you get told your first start in your NFL career is in the Super Bowl, you get a little nervous. So they wanted him to be, like, as calm as possible going into this game, and it worked out 
because Timmy Smith ran for 204 yards and two touchdowns. The thing was, though, he didn't win MVP because Doug Williams just happened to throw for 340 and four touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but 340 and four touchdowns. And then Ricky Sanders, nine catches, 193 yards. <laughs> two touchdowns there. They absolutely destroyed the Denver Broncos. It was 42 to 10 was the final. Absolutely obliterated them. And Timmy Smith, after that, I don't think he played the. I think he might have played like one more year in the NFL after that. Like he did, at, like he got thrown in jail. I think it was a cocaine charge or something. I'm pretty sure he had a bunch of like cocaine problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2005, he was arrested for allegedly trying to sell cocaine to an undercover police officer in Denver. Smith pled guilty in March 2006 for conspiring to distribute cocaine and was sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Smith released from federal prison in 2008. He had other problems at that time, too. There were some other things that were going on around that time, too. Okay, so in 1988, he didn't participate in off-season workouts and training camp. Well, his agent told Washington that Smith deserved a new contract. That would have made him the highest-paid running back in the league. And granted, this was off one Super Bowl. One Super Bowl. 200, and I, I understand. You rush for 200 yards in the Super Bowl. It's like Larry Brown in the 90s. He had two interceptions against the Steelers when he was on the Dallas Cowboys. Neil O'Donnell gifted him two Super Bowls, got a massive contract to go play for the Raiders. Then same thing with Desmond Howard. He got a massive kicker turn for the Packers in the Super Bowl. Might have had two. Scored two touchdowns at least. Got a big contract with the Raiders right after that. So I understand Super Bowl can kind of propel you, but in his career, he had 602 total rushing yards. His NFL career. That's not including the playoffs, but the 204 yards was big. The team told Smith they would not give him a new deal, and he eventually reported to camp. But... Smith was 25 pounds overweight and did not return to the team. And he had an up-and-down season, losing the starting position after eight games and not having a single carry for Washington's final four games of the season. Smith finished the 1988 season with 155 carries for 470 yards, three touchdowns. In 1990, 1989, he was no longer seen in good fit and was left unprotected, eligible to sign with any team under Plan B free agency. So, yeah, it was a 204-yard <laughs> Super Bowl, did nothing, came in fat, he had the Eddie Lacy treatment, came in super fat, then got a cocaine charge for selling coke to an undercover police officer, and then never heard from again. I just think that's one of the funniest things ever. I forgot they lost to Washington, but yeah, the Niners won. Niners and Giants were two that stuck out. Those were oh, the Niners beat them fifty-five ten. Yeah, they the Niners had their way in the ninety in the eighties. Joe Montana actually torched people. Like people say, Jerry Rice made Joe Montana. I think Jerry, Jerry Rice has made Joe Montana better. Montana already had three Super Bowls and three Super Bowl MVPs at that point, so it wasn't like he was a bum before Jerry Rice got there. Like, Joe Montana was Joe... Or he had two Super Bowl MVPs, three Super Bowls before that. And then this Super Bowl against the Broncos, he threw for five touchdowns and 297 receiving. 297 passing with five touchdowns with 148 and three touchdowns going to Jerry Rice, Roger Craig. Uh, Iowan, Roger Craig, had 20 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. It's fun. It's just fun. But yeah, I think there's got to be a conversation to be had Mahomes being in that top four if he wins the Super Bowl. I think the odds are against him. I think the Eagles are the favorite and should be, but like we talked about on Wednesday, you have a team that has dominated, had a very easy ride to the Super Bowl. That can keep your guard down. You can put your guard down. You've dominated everybody. Keep your Put your guard down. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that kind of guy. You can go back to his time when he was a freshman at Bama. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. He seems like an effortless worker, always trying to improve. That's why he didn't... Um, opt out when he got benched and he instead stay on the roster and tried to help the team win any way he could and then transfer Oklahoma became an NFL quarterback and 
Because he wasn't that at Alabama. That's just the facts. He just wasn't an NFL starting quarterback at Alabama. And he got to Oklahoma, became a Heisman finalist, became an NFL starting quarterback, and now he's in the Super Bowl in his third year in the NFL. Impressive stuff. That 2020 draft class is doing bits right now. Burrow went to a Super Bowl last year. Hurts going to Super Bowl this year. Are we going to see Herbert going to one next year? Probably not. Are we going to see Tua go to one? Maybe Jordan Love leads the Packers to a Super Bowl. Who the hell knows? But that 2020 draft class is looking really good right now. Three years since getting drafted, two Super Bowl appearances. Jalen Hurts might win it. I think Jalen, the Eagles should be the favorite. They should be the favorite. We'll talk about more about the Super Bowl next week, but the Eagles should be the favorite. Right, why, why shouldn't they be the favorite? Like, look at what they've done. Look at what they've done. The Chiefs are undermanned. So the this is, again, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to win, but I'm saying that, man, I don't know. It should be interesting. It's going to be interesting. That's all I can really say about it. But uh, we brought this up a little bit earlier, talking about the uh, – I don't remember why we brought it up. <laughs> oh, the – the well, no, where, where did I bring the Bears up for? Why did I bring the Bears up? I brought them up for something. Whatever, it, it doesn't matter. But there was a report that came out the other day that said uh, the Bears have decided to go ahead with Justin Fields as the franchise QB and will try to trade the first overall pick. And the draft said try to draft a quarterback prospect per Albert Breer, Albert Breer who's very connected with the organization – Fields has impressed the Bears organization on how he handled the 2022 season. Yeah, that's not really – that's one of those things where it, 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 need, it doesn't need to go – it can go without saying. I think that was the decision the entire offseason. I don't really – I never bought the Bears going out and trying to trade for – trade Justin Fields, try to get more picks and then get Bryce Young or something like that. I never believed that was going to be a case. It could still happen. I'm not saying it can't, but – I, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, it, obviously. Dude just had a season where he finished second all-time in rushing yards by a quarterback in a season. And you're going to tell me you're going to trade him now? You're going to build a team around the new guy. You could just build it around fields. But then the conversation comes into play. The ownership and new head coach, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, have no connection to Justin Fields. They didn't draft him. That's the brainchild of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the two brainiacs there. So... And I, I say that, that made it sound bad for those two dickheads. Justin Fields is very good. Or very good. He's good. Those two are idiots. <laughs> and, uh, if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a head coaching job somewhere, then, if or if he does, we're going to see Matt Nagy as the, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs again. We're going to see it. So just get prepare yourselves for that one. <laughs> you, gotta, you got Matt Nagy returning to the sideline because he's always won, he was always with Patrick Mahomes. He's always paid Josh McDaniels to Tom Brady. He's with Mahomes. It's, what he, it's his guy. It's his guy. But yeah, this is an interesting thing that came out because, again, this is something that didn't need to go, go could have gone without saying. But when it come came out, this is one of those things where it could have inadvertently hurt the Bears' uh, leverage in this case. Because there could be teams that are like, man, the Bears are still talking about trading Justin Fields. Or they're in talks to trade teams. They're, they're not telling anybody what's going on with that number one overall pick. They could draft a quarterback. You remember the Arizona Cardinals in 2019? How many people knew they were drafting Kyler Murray? Like, there were times where people would go back, and I did this on the show a thousand times. We'd go back to that clip of Cliff Kingsbury in October of that year where he's with Texas Tech talking about if I had the number one pick, I'd draft Kyler Murray. That's a clip. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. That was the main thing everybody was going off of. It ended up being true, but they didn't tell anybody what they were doing. Everybody was like, oh, it could be Quinn and Williams. Oh, it could be Nick Bosa. Those were the top two guys because the Cardinals needed help in a division that had some very solid quarterbacks. And the Niners just the Cardinals just drafted Josh Rosen the season prior, traded up to get Josh Rosen, 10th overall. 
had a bad season, but the O-line was garbage. But he had a bad attitude, so it made sense why they did it, but they didn't tell anybody. You look back at 2018, the Browns didn't tell anybody they were drafted Baker Mayfield until the day of the draft. I remember seeing Daniel Jeremiah's last mock draft, it was Baker Mayfield. It's like, oh my God, they're actually drafted Baker Mayfield. Like, all these things, you got to keep that close to your chest. You can't go around, now this could just be, I mean, it's, again, it, it kind of goes without saying, but the, that that mystery, that uh, that object of mystery makes things very interesting for the draft. Everybody's going to be talking about it. People are going to be going like, oh, we got this person trading up, we got this, we got this. Like, even the Browns in 2017, there were they uh, reports, like very valid reports of 2017's NFL draft was there deciding between Miles Garrett and Mitch Trubisky and ended up going with Miles Garrett. And that worked perfectly because they didn't tell anybody who they were drafting. That worked perfectly in the Niners' hands because the Bears were like, oh, they thought they were taking Trubisky. Let's trade up to two to get him. So now the Bears can put forth that draft strategy this year and go, hey, Texans, the Colts, your division rival, are talking about trading up with us. They give us this, this, and this. What are you willing to give up to move up to one? I've seen some people on Twitter talking about, like, oh, that'd be stupid. Why would they just move up one spot? It happens a lot. It does happen a lot. To screw over a division rival is something that's awesome. Like, you remember back in 2021, that draft. You look at that draft class, ten, picks 10, 11, and 12 were the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. The Eagles jumped the Giant or jumped the Giants with the Cowboys to draft Devontae Smith, who was the guy the Giants were going to take. And the Cowboys got the guy they were going to take at 10 back in a, at 12 in Micah Parsons. And the Giants were forced to trade back <laughs> because they didn't have their guy. They wanted Devontae. Eagles jumped him. So they had to trade back and took Kadarius Tony. So it's like you can screw o- screwing over a division rival is always fun. Is always fun. And this is a prime situation where the Indianapolis Colts could definitely try to screw over a division rival. And there's also a situation, not division rival rated, related, but coaching related. The Carolina Panthers at nine, we brought this up with them trading up to three. The opportunity to jump the Colts and take a guy that they potentially want at three. So let's say hypothetical situation. Texas trade up to one. Bears stay at two. Because I think the Bears, I think they would love to ha- I keep going through my head if they, if they would trade with the Texans or Colts. I think the Texans make a little bit more sense because though you wouldn't get as much back, you would still be able to have your choice of Carter and Anderson versus having one of them available when you could have wanted the other guy more. Like having that option of we want Carter or we want Anderson and having a chance to choose either one versus choosing only one of them is a big difference. And I would lean, I'm would i leaning towards Carter in that whole situation. When you look at Eberflus coming from the Indianapolis Colts with DeForest Buckner, you see uh, Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City with Chris Jones. So that makes sense to me, getting Carter and uh, Anderson in there. But then the Cardinals at three, would they be willing to trade back that far from three to nine when they have an opportunity to draft Will Anderson? I don't know. Because they have a lot of holes in their roster. Will Anderson would be one piece that they need, but they could get more if they trade back with Carolina. Nine to three is a big jump. And Carolina Panthers, if they want to screw over the Colts because Frank Reich wants to screw over the Colts, when they're keeping friggin' Jeff Saturday as their head coach, that would be a viable option. Or the Colts trade up to three with the Cardinals. Cardinals still get their guy, and the Colts get their guy. That could be Levis or Trout. I think it's Levis. I think right now, the way I'm seeing it, which could be completely wrong, the way I'm seeing it 
is that the Texans want Young, the Colts want Levis, the Panthers want Stroud, and the Raiders, I could see them drafting Anders Richardson. I'm not saying they will, but I could see them drafting Anthony Richardson. If not, the Raiders could trade up to draft Stroud, and the Panthers would take Richardson. I don't think those four are falling out of the top ten at this point. At this point in time, I don't think those four are falling out of the top ten. I think they're all top ten picks. Just talent, skill-wise, I think they all deserve to be top ten picks based off what teams need. Because once you get outside the top ten, then it's like, well, who needs a quarterback? You're looking at Washington. You're looking at Detroit with their second pick. I don't think they take a quarterback with their sixth pick. But the 18th pick is a possibility. Then you look at Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. You look at the Seahawks at 20. Again, I don't think they take one at 5. I think they take one at 20. And then you've got who else? Chargers won't take one. Ravens could take one if they trade Lamar. They're, they're going to franchise tag him, according to reports. So there's a possibility with that one there. 23 is Minnesota. I, uh, maybe Minnesota takes one as like a backup, like long term successor to Kirk Cousins. Jacksonville won't take one. Giants won't take one unless they. I don't know what they're going to do with it. They're going to resign Daniel Jones. Cowboys won't take one. Bills won't take one. Bengals won't take one. Saints could take one. Saints at 29 could take one. And then you got the, obviously, Chiefs, Eagles. They're not taking one. So it makes it interesting once you get outside that top 10. And we can go with the teams that are a little bit further up that draft as well. Like the Titans could possibly look at somebody. The Falcons could look at somebody. You've got, who else? 12 Texans. They're going to pick one at two or one, so it's not going to be Texans at 12. 13 Jets, maybe. 14 Patriots, no. Packers at 15, no. And then, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting conversation about these quarterbacks, but I don't think they fall outside the top 10. But I really believe that, like, Young to the Texans, Levis to the Colts, Stroud to the Panthers or Raiders, and then Richardson to the Panthers or Raiders. I, that's just how I'm seeing it now. Again, that's it could be very wrong. I'm just trying to juggle all the reports I see, all the different drafts I see, all the different like connections I'm seeing, and I'm trying to decipher them all and kind of put them all together, and that's what kind of makes sense to me at this point in time. And then there's like receivers. People are talking about how teams might be looking at receivers later in the draft. There's some good receivers in this draft class. I think Jalen Hyatt and Zay Flowers could definitely skyrocket up this draft board, especially Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt is insanely fast insanely fast and can play both inside and outside mostly played outside this year Zay Flowers is primarily a slot guy but because that that's what would probably hurt him kind of I still think he's very very good but Jalen Hyatt could just fly the dude can burn it like watch his game against Alabama he scored five touchdowns against Bama this year like Jalen Hyatt I would not be shocked at all if Jalen Hyatt was the first receiver off the board I would not be shocked at all like I think the the battle is going to be fierce between the wide receivers, but I think Hyatt has a very good shot at being the first receiver taken. Like, I, d- I did a mock draft today. I went on Pro Football Focus in a mock draft simulator, and I just did the Bills. I just did the Bills. I I don't usually do, like, singular teams, but this one was just so crazy that I had to save it. So I took Antonio Johnson with the first pick, 27th, and I got Jalen Hyatt at pick 59. No way in hell is that happening. Jalen Hyatt is not going to be available at pick 59. And then Dewan Jones at 91, that's not happening either. Dewan Jones, I don't know if you guys have seen this. He's been one of the talking points of the Senior Bowl. Dewan Jones is six foot eight, 350, 360 pounds, and has an 86 to 89-inch wingspan. I can't remember which number it is. It's one of those. He has a longer wingspan than Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, the the you know guy who's won an NBA championship, or a former MV, two-time MVP, like, you know, one of the best basketball players 
in the world right now. If not the best basketball player in the world right now. Maybe not right now because you got like Jokic and Doncic and all those guys. You got the Europeans taking over in the in the NBA right now. But that dude's a freak of nature. He's got some things to get over in regards to foot speed. But other than that, trait-wise, there ain't no way Dewan Jones is available at pick 91. What other tackles are going before him? Like, if we're looking at Dewan Jones in this draft, you're looking at the top three guys, in no particular order, Skaronsky, Johnson, and Broderick Jones. And then you've got Anton Harrison from Tennessee, predominantly the right tackle, so that could be a very interesting option for a few teams. Then you've got uh, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse is another option. Then you've got Blake Freeland from BYU, who is another option there. Uh, Cody Motch, who's expected to move into guard, but has been playing mostly tackle. Or he has played tackle. He played tackle at North Dakota State, but he's expected to move into guard, more so than Skaronsky, who's also being linked to a move to guard. But I think Motch is much more um, in there than that because he's started to play a little bit of center. And then uh, Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Then you've got trying to make sure I've got I'm trying to go off memory here I'm just staring at my Bills mock draft thing and I've only got one tackle on there I'm trying to see if I can name any more tackles other than Dewan Jones because I'm completely blanking right now what other tackles am I I'm just forgetting about people I'm absolutely forgetting about people there's probably someone I'm like Zion Nelson, uh, Ryan Hayes from Michigan, Jackson Kirkland who's all, who people are kind of expect to move to guard too uh, yeah, there's some good tackles in this draft, but I don't think like Dewan Jones is either based off traits in the top five or just outside the top five. Like I, I would not be shot if he went in the first round or the second pick of the second round or first pick of the second round with the Steelers. Like if the Steelers don't go off the line in the first round, then that pick at pick 30, 32 will be very interesting for Dewan Jones. Because the Steelers need help on that off the line. They're the freaking Steelers. They need to build an off the line. That's what their brand is. They have off the lines and they run the football. That's what they do. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a stifling defense, good run game, and a solid O-line. That's the Steeler way. They need a guy like that, like a freaking monster. Mike Tomlin would love a guy like that. But if they don't go like Osiris Torrance at 17 or something from Florida, then instead of go with a corner, because they also need corner help, then Dewan Jones at 32, if he's available, would be a, a realistic option for them. But that his 6'8", 360 pounds with a Giannis Antetokounmpo wingspan. Longer wingspan, I should say. Wider wingspan. Man, yeah, but yeah, that's not happening. That, those three picks are going to be in the conversation for the Bills' first pick. <laughs> they all went. Like, I saw those two pop up in my draft. I was like, oh my god, I'm picking these two. I am picking these two. It's like, what the hell? How did these two pop up on here? And I got Oluwotimi in the th- in the fourth round. Riley Moss, who some people are expected to move to safety, which would make sense. Uh, Emil Ekior, guard center from Alabama. Muhammad Ibrahim. And then Daniel Scott, safety from Cal. Like, I love this draft. PFF only gave me a B. I love this freaking draft. Antonio Johnson, Jalen Hyatt, Dewan Jones in the first three rounds, who are all going to be a conversation for first-round picks who probably all will be first-round picks. I got them in three rounds. You give me a B, C-plus, and B-minus for those three picks? Screw you, Pro Football Focus. Absolutely screw you. That, those picks are awesome. That would be That is the best-case scenario out of anything I've ever done on a mock draft. That couldn't have worked out. Be- if that happens, 
The Bills are going to a Super Bowl next year. Guaranteed. Don't care. If that if those three picks happen, they're going to a Super Bowl. They're absolutely going to a Super Bowl. Now, I thought this would be kind of fun. I haven't done this in a little bit. But with the the Senior Bowl coming up this weekend, we talked about the Senior Bowl a little bit on uh, on Wednesday's show, which, again, we've got some really solid players in there. We'll go some really solid players. Just a reminder, we'll go over some of the some of the key players for each team, just the players to watch out for. So we'll start at the top of the – this is the national team. We got J.L. Skinner, big safety from Boise. We got Daniel Sky, who we drafted in the seventh round. We got Sidney Brown, Riley Moss. We got Kayvon Merriweather, Merriweather. We got Caillou Blue Kelly from Stanford. We got Jartavius Martin from Illinois. We got Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State. We've got who else do we want to mention? Keon White from Georgia Tech. We've got Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. We've got Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. We have got Andre Carter from Army. We have got DeMarvin Overshone from Texas. We've got Diane Henley from Washington State. We have got Blake Freeland, Jalen Duncan, Ryan Hayes, Oluwatimi, Cody Mutch, Jarrett Patterson, Dewan Jones, McClendon Curtis. That one's just because we got the Cole Strange draft pick last year, so we got to mention him again. Then we've got uh, uh, Jaron Hall, Jake Hayner, Malik Cunningham. I'm excited to see what Malik Cunningham does in this game. I'm really excited to see what he does. Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson. Then we got Josh Wiley. We got Davis Allen. We've got Ronnie Bell. We've got Elijah Higgins. We've got Puka Nakua, who you guys should watch. BYU receiver. I definitely look out for him. Trey Palmer. Like that's the national team. Those are the key some of the key players to watch on the national team. Then an American team. We got Jamie Robinson, the safety from Florida State, who I really like. Chris Smith, baller from Georgia. We've got Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, who's having a very, very good senior bowl weekend. We've got freaking hold on. I'm stretching a little bit. Well, so look at we got DJ Dale, we got Byron Young, we got Derek Hall, we got Allie Gay, we got Cameron Young. We got another <laughs> we got another Byron Young. We got Zach Pickens. We have got um Will geez, sorry. Jeez. Will McDonald from Iowa State. We have got Dorian Williams from Tulane. We have got Elmiel Ekeor from Alabama. We have got Osiris Torrance, who's a freaking monster at guard. We've got John Michael Schmitz, who could be a first-round draft pick this year at center. Ball in center from Minnesota. We've got Nick Broker from Ole Miss. Matthew Bergeron, Steve Avila, Darnell Wright. We have got Warren McClendon. We've got Clayton Toon, Tyson Baggett, Hendon Hooker, who's not going to play. Max Duggan, Kenny McIntosh, Chris Rodriguez, Eric Gray, Ty J. Spear from Tulane. Cameron Ladu, Will Mallory. We got Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, baller tight end, could be a first round draft pick. Then we've got Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell from Houston. We got Xavier Hutchinson. We've got Rashi Rice from SMU. We've got Andre Ivaskit. I still can't say his name. Also, Eosivas from Princeton, baller. Then Dontavion Wicks. Like, okay, we got some baller players on this team. They're not like, like, I think last year's Senior Bowl rosters are better. I liked last year's Senior Bowl a lot. But there's still good players on this. I think Jaron Hall will have a really good week. I think Jaron Hall, what team's Jaron Hall on again? I kind of forgot. Jaron Hall, well, I think the Clayton Toon to Tank Dell connection will be awesome in this game. I'm really excited to see Tyson Baggett, the quarterback from Shepard. Really excited to see how he works out in this game. But you got freaking Jaron Hall to Puka Nakua. That'll be freaking awesome to see. I think Ronnie Bell would be fun to see as well. There's just some good players in this in this Senior Bowl. Some good players. Not as high pro players. It's not like but the quarterbacks of last year's were higher higher names than this year's. 
Like, there's no first-round picks of uh, these quarterbacks. Unless someone goes absolutely insane and then balls out in their pro days and the combine and all that stuff. There's no first-round quarterbacks here. Every quarterback that played last year, I shouldn't say every, there was like four quarterbacks last year that played in the Senior Bowl that were considered potential first-round picks. And only one of them ended up being one. The other, the rest were third-round third draft picks. But, uh, man, so I thought it'd be fun talking about last year. I saw this on Sporkle. I recommend going on Sporkle if you ever get bored. It's just a nice quiz game website. You can go on there, type in whatever quiz you want. You can go search, go to the, quest, or the the magnifying glass, search whatever you want, and then you just find a quiz about it. So I found one the other day. It was, I believe, the 2018 NFL draft. It was the entire draft. The entire draft. So I found one of the 2022 NFL draft. 162 players. 262 players. I'm going to try my best to go in order. I might throw Brock Purdy in first just because we know he's Mr. Irrelevant. But we got 18 minutes. I'm not going the full 18 minutes. If I get stuck at like minute 10, I'm not sitting through the rest of the 10 minutes. We're going until I can't name anything. I'm not I'm not planning on going the full 18. But uh, here we go. So we got Brock Purdy. We're just going to start with him first. Then we got Trayvon. We're going to go first round in order. Try my best to go in order. We got Trayvon Walker. We got Aiden Hutchinson. We've got Derek Stingley. We've got Sauce Gardner. Then we've got Thibodeau. Gotta make sure I spell his name right. Who's been really fun on Twitter recently? We got Ikim Ikwanu. Gotta remember how to spell his name. Ikwanu. Ikwanu. There we go. Spell it right. Then we got Evan Neal. Then we've got Drake London. Then we got Charles Cross. Then we've got Garrett Wilson. Then we got Chris Olave. Then we got Jamison Williams. Then we've got Jordan Davis. Then we've got Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton, then we got Kenyon Green, then we got Jahan Dotson, then we've got Zay, um, crap, Zion, Zion Johnson, Boston College, yeah, then we got Traylon Burks, then we've got Trevor Penning from UNI, then we got Kenny Pickett, then we have got uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington, then we got Quay Walker, then we've got, there's Kyrie Elam, <laughs> then we got Tyler Smith, then we got Tyler Lindebaum, Tyler's back-to-back, gotta spell his name right though, Tyler Lindebaum. Then we got Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Then we got Devin Lloyd. Then we've got Devontae Wyatt. Then we've got Cole Strange. We brought him up just a little bit ago. We got George Carl Aftis. Then we've got Daxton Hill. And then we've got Lewis Seen. So there's your first round. First round done. We got that done in a minute and a half. Less than a minute and a half. Give yourselves a round of applause, everybody. 32 picks in a minute and a half. And that's typing it all out, too. It's not just saying. I could have definitely got that in less than a minute and a half if I wasn't uh, typing it out. The first pick was Logan Hall in the second round from Houston. Really fun player. Then Christian Watson. Watkins, sorry. Just got to spell it. No, it's Christian. What am, I, what am I doing? Then we got Roger McCreary from Auburn, who people, I remember going to the draft, people talking about his alligator arms going to the draft. Then we got Brees Hall. Then Houston, we got Jalen Petrie. Really good safety. Atlanta from Penn State. Arnold Ebiketti. Cornerback Washington. That is Kyler Gordon. Cole Bear, who I do the show up with up in Cedar Falls, uh, he really wanted Kyler Gordon. He really wanted Kyler Gordon. Uh, Minnesota, Dion, that's Boye Mafe. They got Kenneth Walker. And then the the Vikings got uh, Booth. Booth and Scene didn't play a whole lot this year. They got injured pretty early. The Giants got Wandale Robinson. The Texans, Alabama, that's John Mechie. Hopefully we see him next year. I think his connection with Bryce Young, if he does play next year, because remember he had a – Oh, what he had? He had testicular cancer or leukemia. I don't remember which one, but if he's back next year, it'd be awesome to see him and Bryce Young hook back up again. Baltimore, that's David Ojabo. Detroit, oh no, who'd they get from Kentucky? 
Who did they take from... This is the first one I'm actually stumped on. I don't remember. I don't remember who they took here. Oh, no. <laughs> A D-tackle from Bama went to Washington. What the hell? Why can't I think of anything? Well, I, I can go to the next one with the Bears. Jaquan Brisker from, te- from Penn State. Tennessee, corner, cannot remember. Went to the Saints, cannot remember. Baylor, that's Tyquan Thornton. If really fast. The Bear, the Patriots had a really weird first draft. Then we got Cam Jurgens going to the Eagles at uh, whatever pick this is. I don't know which one. Pitt, that's Pickens. Uh, Indianapolis, that is the white dude. Um, tall white dude that can fly. What is his name? Oh, no. Um, Pierce. Alex, Pier- Alex Pierce. Western Michigan wide receiver, that is Sky Moore. Arizona, that's Trey McBride, tight end. Offensive tackle Central Michigan, that is, I can't say his name. Um, Godecki, go, I don't know how to spell it. Oh, I spelled it right. Let's go. G-O-E-T. I does complete guess. Montana State, that is Anderson. Anderson? Yeah, there it is. I spelled with an E. Troy Anderson. Vikings offensive guard LSU. Who did they take from LSU? Not Wyatt Davis. They took Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. He was the year before. It's not Lloyd Cushenberry because he went a few years prior to the Broncos. Who did they take from LSU? I cannot remember. Uh, Cam Britt Taylor went to the Bengals. Or Taylor Britt, sorry. Oh, I got (laughs) Alante Taylor went to Tennessee. Got that one. Nice. (laughs) But Taylor Britt went to Nebraska. Dean from USC had Drake Jackson for the 49ers. The Chansey Chiefs took Brian Cook from uh, Cincinnati. The Bills took James Cook next pick. Denver Broncos, that is Harrison? No, was Harrison this year? I'm thinking of Zach Harrison. Who is the – he was an edge rusher. I think he was number seven at Oklahoma. I cannot remember. I don't remember the Broncos. Oh, Luke Fortner. I know Fortner. Linebacker from Minnesota, or plays for the Vikings, drafted this year. I think this might, one of these guys had the edge. Oh, it's, um, ah, no, what's his name? Benito, Nick Benito. Benito. Yeah, there we go. That's the Broncos one, Nick Benito. I can't remember the the Oklahoma linebacker that went to the Vikings. Off to guard from North Carolina, can't remember. Uh, Browns, that's Martin Emerson. Is it 1M? Yeah, 1M. I have to tackle from Ohio State. That was um, uh, Petit Frere, who got absolutely blasted by Aiden Hutchinson in that game. Jacksonville, don't remember the linebacker. For, oh, no, 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 Chad Muma. Chad Muma, Chad Muma. Tennessee, that is... It's not Thor. Who was the other fast wide receiver? It's not... I. What was his name? Velas Jones. Velas Jones. Then we've got... Watch, that's Abram. A, gotta make. How do I spell this? Abraham. I said his name earlier. Why can't I? How come I can't spell it? Why can't I spell? Why? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why can't I freaking spell? How do you spell Abram? How do you spell freaking Abram? And I'm not. I'm gonna try a thousand different ways to spell this stupid ass name because oh, his <laughs> okay. I cheated. His first name's Abram. <laughs> Abraham. 
I couldn't think. I said his name earlier in the show. I said his name earlier in the show, and I couldn't remember who it was. Tight end from Virginia. That is, um, it's not a conquo. It's, um, or is it a conquo? No. I have him in Matt Jelani Woods. Why am I? I don't know why I was blanking for it. Then we got Desmond Ritter. Then we got Central. This is uh, Bernard Raymond. I got him. How do I spell his name? Because he was a tight end that came from Austria. I cannot think how to spell his name. So I'm cheating because I got to figure out. I got to remember how to spell his name. It doesn't count. Bernard Raymond. Oh, it's easier than what I was spelling it. I'm if I don't if I know the player but I can't guess his I can't spell it I'm counting it. Then we had the tight end from UCLA. Oh God, Greg, Greg Dolchich. Dolchich, Dolch. Okay, there we go. Dolchich. Giants LSU corner. It's not Eli Ricks. He's coming out this year, and he transferred to Bama. Who was the other corner at LSU? I don't remember. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. Western Kentucky. That's Malone. D'Angelo Malone. Uh, the Saints or the Eagles. That's a uh, Nicobe Dean. Pitt, that's DeMarvin Leal. Then we got Marcus Jones for New England. QB Liberty, that's Malik Willis. San Diego State. Oh, that, that's Thomas, Cameron Thomas. Dallas, South Alabama, that's Cam Tolbert. Uh, so out of the first two rounds, essentially, or first three rounds, then Baylor, Bernard, awesome pick by the Bills. Vegas, that's Parnham. I need to spell his name. Par, Parnham. Parm, Parmham. <laughs> Parnham. Parnham, Parnham, Parnum. How do you spell his name? I know who it is. Again, I'm cheating, but I know who it is. I know exactly who it is, but I can't spell his name. It doesn't count if I could spell if I know who it is. Oh, it's Parham, not Parnham. Parham, Dylan Parham. Then we got uh, Rashad White. Then we've got UCLA tackle. Ah, uh, for the Packers, I cannot remember. LSU, running back, San Fran, that is, oh, it's, oh, crap, what's his name? It's, um, he had a hyphenated name, Davis, um, crap, I cannot remember, I cannot remember, we'll come back to that, we got Matt Corral with the Panthers, Cincinnati D-tackle, Florida, can't remember, safety for the Saints, or Saints, safety for the Giants, the yeah, the Lions can't remember Purdue wide receiver. That is um, dominated Iowa number four. Ron, not Rondell Moore. Um, is it Bell? Yeah, David Bell. DN Cincinnati. That's MyJ Sanders. Tight end Ohio State. That is um. Oh no! Why he? Justin Fields threw a passing touchdown to him in the game against Clemson. Ruckert, 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 Jeremy Ruckert. Miami, Georgia linebacker. There's one more. So it was Quay Water. It's uh, Channing Tidwell. Tindell. Tidell? Why? That's his name. Channing Tindell. There we go. I spelled with an A. There we go. Kansas City linebacker from Wisconsin. Ooh, this is. I remember this guy. This is. I'm actually a lot further along than I thought. I'm at 734 right now. So we might actually just take the whole thing because I'm actually doing all right. Um, I got 123. So far, Wisconsin linebacker. I remember this guy because so I remember I told Brady I really liked him going to the Chiefs. He was an off the ball linebacker in Wisconsin. I don't remember what his name is. I can't. I can't remember. SMU wide receiver. 
Oh, no, I remember this guy. It's not Rashi Rice coming out this year. Crap, I know who this is. He went to San Francisco. Is this Jennings? No, I don't know why I guessed Jawan Jennings. I can't remember. Tight end from Washington to Tampa. That's Kate Otten. Kate Otten. D tackle from Oklahoma. Is that um Oh, he hit Brock he destroyed Brock Purdy. It was like number eight. Um uh, Parnell. I think. It started with a P, but I can't remember what it was. Pumphrey? Darnell. I think it was like Darnell Pumphrey, right? Darnell Pumphrey? Darnell Pumphrey? Darnell. Is it not Darnell Pumphrey? Oh, not not Darnell. Not Darnell Pumphrey. Who is the, who the crap is the. Yeah, I'm going to continue cheating on this one. I don't care. Cleveland Browns. So there's like three under protest right now, but this is the only one that I cannot remember. It's like dar it's Winfrey. Winfrey. Okay, that I'm counting it. I don't care. I had the the rewrite. In free right. Cincinnati, that is um Kobe Bryant for the Seahawks. This is Fa Lele. Fa Lele. I need to oh, crap. The tackle from Minnesota. Fa Lele. There we go. Two A's. Louisiana. Oh, I, I cannot remember. I cannot remember. San Diego State, tight end, cannot remember. Washington, safety, Louisiana. Um, Giants, safety from Iowa, Dane Belton. Pitt, corner, can't remember. Iowa State, I, I don't remember who the Iowa State guy is. I'm completely blanking now. I'm at 5 minutes and 22 seconds right now. I've got 128 out of 262. Uh, okay, there's a Spiller from the Chargers, from A&M. Kicker, that is Cade York. From the Browns. Texas Tech wide receiver. Can't remember. Uh, South Dakota State. Oh, that's um, Pierce. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. Kohler. There's him. Uh, Wisconsin tight end. It wasn't. I got. I used to get this. Blake Ferguson. Is that who it is? Jake Ferguson. Punter from Penn State. Can't remember. Michigan running back. That is Jahan. Or not Jahan. Um, Hassan Haskins. Nevada Waters. That's Romeo Dubs. Then we've got Georgia punter, can't remember. UTSA tackle, can't remember. Cincinnati tackle from North Coast State. Oh, crap. This is Dylan Ray, Ray Dunes? Or see the season prior? Crap, I don't remember. West Kentucky quarterback, that's Bailey Zappi. Memphis wideout, oh, I know who this is. He was really, really fast at the combine. He ran track in high school. And he, I think he ran it at Memphis, too. Oh, crap, I can't remember. Then we've got Coastal Carolina tight end. That is Isaiah Likely. Then we've got Wake Forest tackled. That is, is that Paul? No, Chris Paul's from Tulsa. Who was the other? Is Tom, 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 Zach, Tom. South Carolina State from the Rams. Can't remember. Tight end. That's, that's Chigazino Conquo, but I don't remember how to spell his name. Chigo Conquo. Um, just got to guess, I guess. I can send it. Oh, Whoa. There you go. Got it. North Carolina, that's Sam Howell. Kentucky off to tackle. That is oh, he was the big dude. Uh Dare um Kennard. Darren Kennard. Cause I liked him going to Kansas City. I liked him going to Kansas City. Then we got Boise State wide out. That is Khalil Shakir going to the Bills. Hopefully the Bills use him next year. Washington tight end from Nevada. That is he was number 19. Tuck uh oh, why am I blanking so much? It's not Tucker. Unless it is. No. What was his name? 
What was his name? I'm completely – I liked this game. They had a three-headed monster at Nevada with Carson Strong, Romeo Dobbs, and this tight end that I'm completely blanking on. I cannot remember to save my life. Then we got Allgaier from uh, BYU, running back from Go to Atlanta. Then we have Tark Woolen, who, again, was a steal when they drafted him. It looks even more like a steal now. Jacksonville from Ole Miss. It's not Zach Evans. Is this um, – they had two running backs last year. They were both pretty good. Is it Ely? Is Ely the one that went there? No. Who was the other? There was one other guy there that I, I can't remember who it is. Then uh, Cincinnati running back, cannot remember. I'm stressed right now. I'm trying to remember all these guys. Samford wideout, cannot remember. Wide receiver from UCLA, cannot remember. Ah! Chandler, Tyson Chandler went to the Vikings. Or Tyson, Ty, Ty Chandler. Then we have, uh, no. No! <laughs> I'm at 146. i got two minutes and 11 seconds left. Ooh, Virginia Tech tight end. I know this guy because he did pretty well at the Combine, if I remember correctly. Bellinger? Is it Bellinger? No, he was from San Diego State. So I got a tight end back. I got a tight end back. So we'll skip that one, I guess, for now. South Carolina, Dion can't remember. Oh, Matariza. We know that one. If I could spell his name right. How do you spell his name right? Why can't I spell his name? Because that's the big for the Bills. Oh, it's got an A in there. It's got a mystery A. Matariza. Villanova, that's Benford. Corner from from Villanova. Then we've got... Am I going to get to 150 at least, please? Siler from Georgia. I went to the Chargers. Jeremy Slyler. He, dude balled out this year. I give dude credit. He went in for Rashawn Slater this year. He played tackle at Georgia, but was supposed to come into the NFL and play guard. And you know what? Did really, really well. I give him 100% credit at that. So, yeah. Baller this year. 59 seconds left. And uh, I think I might be done. Because I can't. I'm not really thinking right now. Ba- oh, Baylor. That's That's Abram. That's what I thought. That was Abram. He played linebacker. At Arbum. <laughs> oh my god! And then um, I'm completely blanking right now. I got 150 out of 162. Then we have got. Is there anybody else that I'm like really missing right now that I completely am forgetting about? Oh, we got uh, the tight the quarterback from. Okay, it was Skylar Thompson. And then uh, uh, we got Pacheco. <laughs> then we've got um, 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 uh, nine seconds left. Oh, no. Uh, who's the quarterback from from uh, Oladikon? Oh, la, do, con. Con. Can. <laughs> no, I had that one. <laughs> uh, Chris Oladikon. I couldn't spell his name, though. I couldn't spell his name. Uh, Ed Ingram, I should have gotten that one. Josh Pascal from Kentucky, yeah, I should have got Fidarian, Fidarian Mathis, yeah, I should have got that one. Then we had, what other ones am I upset about that I should have gotten? Damone Clark from LSU, should have gotten that one. Uh, ooh, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Phillips. He scored a couple touchdowns this year. Uh, Ogbania from UCLA, should have gotten that one. Jeremy Jerome Ford, yeah, Snoop Connor, that was the other Ole Miss running back. It was Ely and Snoop Connor. I knew he had some other name, like Snoop or something, but I couldn't. It couldn't pop. Cole Turner. I kept saying Tucker. 
We talked about Cole Turner a lot on last year's show. Calvin Austin, that was the receiver from Memphis. Yeah, he ran track at college. Spencer Buford, yeah, I should have gotten that one. I remember talking about him from UTSA last year. Um, The Iowa State guy, where's he at? The tackle. I should have gotten him. But, yeah, Ozariki, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Sorry. Then the running back from LSU that I could not. The Leo Chennault, that's the linebacker from Wisconsin I was trying to think of. of. Dem- Danny Gray from SMU. Yep, there's another one I should have thought of. Kirby Joseph, that was the... That was the Lions one. Should have definitely got that one. He had a really good year this year for the Lions. One of the few players on defense that played well. <laughs> Zach Carter from Florida, the D-tackle. Uh, Davis Price was the LSU running back, Davis Price. And then on the last little page, we had um, Malcolm Ro- I should have got Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo. I guess I didn't know when he was drafted. I, I knew he was a late-round draft pick this year, but watching Hard Knocks, I should have definitely got that. And then we got, keep scrolling down, Tyler Batty. Yeah, should have gotten that one. Calcantara, that's the that's the SMU one. I should have got Cade Mays. Yeah, he was a tackle guard hybrid from Tennessee. Should have gotten that one. Tristan Ebner, that was not the guy I was thinking of. So I'm not mad at that one. That's the Baylor running back. And then anybody really else that I should have gotten that I'm, like, kicking myself about. The Oconqu- the Alotican one. I knew that one. I just couldn't figure out how to spell it. With the nine seconds left, I couldn't take all my time to spell it. I could have gotten that one if I tried a little bit harder. Balen Specter, yeah, the Bills drafted him. Completely skimmed over that one. They sell his jersey on the website for some reason, but he's he's on the team, I guess. Thayer Munford from Ohio State, yeah. I guess I forgot he got drafted so late. He was a tackle from Ohio State. Him and um, Petit Ferrer got their draft stock plummeted because of uh, a certain Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. Then we had... I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all I had for the players that I should have gotten anyways. What was the LSU corner I was looking at earlier that I could not think of? Cordell Floyd? Floyd? No, don't care. Wouldn't have gotten that one. I got 58%. I got 152 out of 162. 58%? I'll take it. In 18 minutes, get 58%? 58%? I will absolutely take that. Average score is 42%. So I'm above average. I'm above average and I got above 50%. So that's a positive. I had 100 more picks. <laughs> I could have gotten 100. If I just had 18 more minutes, I could have gotten 100 more players right. No, I. there's a few on here that I definitely that I knew. Sean Ryan, I should have gotten him from UCLA. Yeah, I remember him last year, especially with the H in front of the Y. Yeah, I remember him from last year. There's a few that I definitely should have gotten. So I should have gotten a higher score, realistically, but that's also me just talking out of my ass kind of. But I, I do think I should have gotten a higher score on that, just given what I know about that draft class, because I really like that draft class. I think it's a fun draft class. Fun draft. Mysterious draft. Unexpected draft, but it was a fun draft class nonetheless. Now, that's all I've got for you today. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I sincerely apologize. We'll try to be better next time. We're going to have a mock draft coming up for you sometime in the near future. I don't have the exact date yet. I can't figure out if I want to do it the day, the Friday before the Super Bowl or the Friday after or the Monday after. So it's going to be either on a Friday, Monday, or Friday. So just stay tuned for that. And, yeah, you can go on Sporkle.com and check out some different quizzes on there. You can try and do the 2022 NFL Draft Class quiz that I just did. You can go and try others. We've done this on the show a few times in the past. I highly recommend it. I enjoy doing it. It's fun. gives you something to do. And then, um, yeah, you can play Weddle, the Weddle game as well. Should we do that now? Nah, let's not do that now. But, yeah, enjoy the Pro Bowl this weekend. I will probably not be watching it, but it's at 2 o'clock 
on Sunday if you do want to watch it. It's in Vegas. We'll get to see some elite quarterback play in that one. It's a flag football game, so we'll see if uh, it all works out. Josh Allen's already taken the course of the golf tournament this weekend, so we'll see how that one goes. I did not know this, but I guess the NFC has won at least the last five, so that's pretty that's – or the AFC's won the last five, so that's pretty damn impressive from the AFC. So, yeah, we got some – maybe the NFC can end the losing streak on this one. But, again, I do hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you follow me, again, on every single form of social media. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. And I will see you all later. Peace.